comes Speed Racer, he's a demon on wheels. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. Episode 62. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Beautiful women, avoid looking at us. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So I don't know how they got that billiards table in this tiny house, but it was there. Apparently, these people value pool and large screen TVs, and that's it. In this one house I saw. Have you ever... I've been house hunting. Have you ever taken a uh, pool table inside a house? Have you ever done that? I have. Uh Uh-huh. At my girlfriend's house, uh-huh. she got a pool table uh-huh. to put upstairs. But you know what pool tables are like. I mean, they got the long legs. Right, right. They got, they're huge. Yeah, just like me. You're describing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a pool table. Is that what you said, Brad? <laughs> very, I'm very upset with you. I can't look at you now. My, I'm, I'm just, I can't help it. I'm flat-chested. <laughs> no, but anyway, so you're moving the table up. Essentially me. Before... We did that. We had to take the legs off. Right. And that was a colossal pain in the rear. Mm-hmm. Had to take the legs off. And then we had to put them back on. You know, it just wasn't fun. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know what it's like moving a couch yes. through a doorway? You got to yes. twist it, hold it. Yes, yeah, twist it this way. Twist it. No, 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 no. <laughs> do what I'm doing. I'm taking this couch. I know we've got an important job to do, but I'm, I'm taking this. Yeah, I'm taking this couch. Low Febreze, it's fine. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to hang right here. You take off, and I'll just hold it. Uh, but no, I I can imagine. Yeah, uh, so I uh, so I'm looking at houses to buy, and so this one, the owner was still there, so they they weren't there when they came in. But they value here. You could tell it was a guy's house. Billiards table where right. the dining room should be. Uh, big couch, big TV. That was about it. That's yeah. about all the guy had going for him. And a bedroom, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, this guy was just totally just, you know. What kind of TV minimum. was it? Big. It was like, what's the biggest TV out there? 90 inches? This was 48,000 inches. It was just huge. Wow. But he didn't have much of anything else, you know. But uh, anyway. Outrageous. was outrageous. Uh, so on Welcome today's to Half show, Hour Wasted. Welcome to Half Hour Wasted. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. We should have done that a little sooner. We well, should have you know, a little sooner. people know what they're getting into. Yeah. Um. So this episode, I told Brad, I had heard this guy, his name is Ari Kaplan. I heard him too. On Comic Geek Speak. Yeah. And they did a great interview with him, but I wanted to interview him too because I thought he was fascinating. He does, he's the writer on the new Speed Racer by IDW. And as of right now, they have issue two out. Uh, maybe by the time this episode is out, it'll be issue three. Um, but uh, I'm kind of digging it. Brad, what'd you think? Did you watch the um, cartoon when you were a kid? Uh, vaguely. 
I didn't really Vaguely. have interest. Yeah, I didn't really have interest in it, but because the movie's coming out and because I heard this interview, I kind of wanted to learn a little bit more. So I got on the net, read a little bit about it and stuff, and and um, yeah. And now I'm a little excited about it. I know more about Ra- uh, Racer X. I never understood who Racer X was or yeah, what was. his story was. Did you watch the cartoon? I did. Um, Here comes Speed Racer. He's the demon on wheels. I did watch it when I was uh, a kid. I, I didn't watch it religiously. Mm-hmm. Like Star Blazers. Yes. Every episode. Love Star Blazers. Battle of the Planets. Every mm-hmm. episode. Speed Racer. Occasionally. And I liked it. I always thought it was funny, like when when they'd be driving, mm-hmm. going around the corner, their and their mouths would be going. Ah, 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 ah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, so, I know. Ah, ah, ah. It always killed me. Um, I thought it was interesting what he did with the. Uh, there's always been a racer. Like yeah, there's a legacy. Yeah, uh, uh, kind of like Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did like it. Um, the art's almost a little cartoony for uh-huh. me. Then again, it was a cartoon, and yeah. I understand they're trying to keep it uh, to look like the cartoon. You yes. know, um, and that that was for me. That was part of the charm. Okay, good. That's why I did like it. Though I do have to say, I do not care for these covers, and some of the inking, especially in issue two. Were, I haven't had a chance to flip through issue two yet. Uh, issue two, I have. It's just like they really tried to do. I think. The inking on it, or, or um, not the inking, but the um, but the colorings. They, they tried to do these heavy shadows where I don't think they needed them. Yeah, uh, like right here, right there, were Racer X, and I mean, look, look at the shadowing on it. Yeah. It just seems like All a this little, year? Yeah. yeah, it looks just a little too much. It's a bit heavy-handed on the shadowing on right. on. You know what's also cool is that there's like there's always been a racer, uh-huh. a speed racer. There's always was always was a Racer X. There always yes. was an X. Yes, like back in the uh, time the chariot. Mm-hmm. Time, back here. Where to go? Yeah, there's an X. There's a guy with an X on his on his head, yeah. his chest. Where is it? I and where y- the, you know, it is. yeah. And this kind of reminds me. I think it was during Infinite Crisis, where uh, Alexander Luther. Oops, Ashley's where, breaking things. <laughs> where Alexander Luther uh, looked at all possible Earths, all possible combinations of Earths, yeah. and. There and there will always be a conflict between Lex Luthor and Superman in all possible yeah, Earths. Right. That that's just the way it is. They can never be friends. Right. And you know, as I was reading that, I was thinking, I was when I was reading this, I was thinking each generation is this is how it has to be because of their legacy. So yeah. it, it really interested me. I don't think in in this book, and well, in issue one is all I've read. They've uh, they they uh, mentioned that they're brothers, but they didn't know they were brothers. Yeah, that's a little confusing to me. Well, they just didn't know that they were each other's brother. Mm-hmm. Somehow in the cartoon that was made clear. Maybe it was the narration. I can I can explain what happened because I I, I read it last night. Yeah. So Racer X and his father. Racer X was was racing for his father. Uh, he took a risky move. I think he wrecked. The father's car, the father was very upset. So Racer X went away in shame. And so now whenever he comes back, he just wears this mask and nobody knows who he is, not even his family. That's why he always wears the mask. Well, there was a um, a panel in there where Racer, uh, Speed Racer's mother 
was talking yes. to Racer X, and she says, "You remind me of my son Rex." You know, yeah. Rex Racer Rex. Yeah, yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. So yeah, apparently he's hiding from his family. Yeah. And the the trailer for the new Speed Racer movie looks pretty cool. It's awesome. Matthew Fox from Lost is Racer X. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Wachowski Brothers, you know, mm-hmm. they're either hit or miss for you, aren't they? They, they, well, Love Matrix did not care for the sequels, but this one, I don't see how they can go wrong. It looks like a lot of fun. But with that said, let's pause right now and get Ari on the phone. Okay, sounds good. All right, great. And on the phone, we have Ari Kaplan. Ari, how are you? Ah, very, very good, uh, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Very good. Doing good, thanks. So, uh, so you've had the pleasure to meet Brad here and myself, and we've talked a little bit on the phone, Ari. Um, yeah. Be- before we get into Speed Racer, let's just talk a little bit about your career. And let, let me preface this. I prefaced it at the beginning of the show. I heard you on CGS, Comic Geek Speak, so fascinated by yeah. you that I wanted to get you on our show. So we're waiting a few weeks Thanks. before we put you on. But um, you have a pretty interesting career. Let's talk about your what you did at MAD, MAD Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, I've been writing for MAD. It's been actually just over... Uh, eight years since I started writing for Mad. Um, and it's funny because I grew up reading Mad Magazine. In fact, and it's a true story, um, growing up, everyone knew one of my nicknames was Alfred E. Newman because I actually did look like Alfred E. Newman growing up, and I even had the missing tooth for a little while. No way. The same place. Yeah, well, I, was, I mean, it wasn't like anyone punched my tooth out or anything. Give me your lunch money, and they punched my tooth out. But um, it was that, uh, you know, when, when you're a little kid and you're, you know, you're, you're teeth are going, your baby teeth are going out. Um, I actually did have, like, a gap tooth in that same place for a little while. And I had the freckles and the kind of pasty white boy complexion. And, <laughs> you know, the, I don't think my ears were those giant Will Smith jug ears that uh, Alfred <laughs> Newman has. But, but that's where you look, where, where if, like, Will Smith was a Grecian urn or something, you could, like, pick him up by the ears. But, um... But uh, I, I, did, I did have the kind of dork and goofy face, and so I actually, being a budding cartoonist growing up, I did actually draw the bar mitzvah invitation. The invitation for my bar mitzvah, and I drew myself as Alfred E. Newman. Nice. Um, and uh, my parents had that like framed in their house as though that was some brilliant piece of artwork, which I, I guess is not bad for a twelve-year-old, you know. Um, have, but, you been you able, know it's, have you been what? able to collect any of the Alfred E. Newman? DC figures that have come out over the last few years? I haven't because I am a freelance writer and therefore do not have the the what what would you say largesse to to go out and buy stuff that I'm not never gonna take out of its plastic case. You know, right. um, I, I, I you know I go I go to comic book stores and you see like the Legion of Superheroes figures that DC Direct puts out and yeah. they, they look so beautiful, but it's like. There's something kind of heartbreaking about the fact that you're going to buy this stuff and you're going to treat it like it's, I don't know, like it's something you paid $50,000 for at an auction, you know, and you're never going to touch it or play with it. And, you know, because you don't want to ruin it because it's so damn rare. And so it's like, no, I can't. Everything I buy these days is stuff that I use as research for some writing project. So I just I just don't buy the collectible stuff. I, I open all the toys yeah, that me, I buy. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear. I'm I'm totally I, I will play with it. You know, I think this is where Brad and I differ. You bag and board all your comics, right? I do, yes I do. I do not. And that's I'd like to slap you right now. And you know, I sell mine on eBay if I'm done with a run or Ari, something like my, that. My my copy of Speed Racer number one is bagged and boarded. 
and and Frank's uh, my, is, of my speed racer number one. Yes, yeah. yes. And, oh, okay. And Frank's yeah, copy. You got to make that distinction of Speed Racer Chronicles of the Racer number one <laughs> available at every comic book store in America <laughs> right now. Um, yes, because honestly, I don't want people to think that you're talking about like the now comics. Speed no, the racer, one, the one that you wrote manga. from IDW. Yeah, mine's bagged yeah. and boarded, and and his is sitting out for all. For dust to collect, dust and, and, and for light to penetrate, and, and it, you know, you know it what pains Brad? me. Comics are meant to be enjoyed and loved. In fact, look, I'm gonna. I he kissed just kissed it. his comic book. <laughs> he's gonna. He's making out with my comic. Isn't he? <laughs> That's just gross. a little bit. And when he's making out with my comic, he's making out with everyone who's ever made out with. My comic. <laughs> <laughs> so you should think about that because uh, you you're really you're making out with me and Robbie Musso and German Torres and Chris Ryle and. Everyone else at IDW, you're making out with Alonzo, the shipping manager. Um, <laughs> Alonzo Simon, big ups to Alonzo, and, and, and um, you know you're you're making out with everyone. You know that this you has know? been a public service announcement from half hour wasted. Yeah, don't kiss Temple your comic Smith. books. <laughs> and Steve Niles, the Thirty Days of Night, by making out with my comics because they've done so much stuff for IDW. That's that's what you're really doing. Wow. So yeah, that is a PSA. Now, um, not about the comic book itself, or or not about the artwork. Or, or the- I, I, yeah. I got to interrupt, and I apologize for interrupting. But you used a word four minutes ago that I had never heard in my life. Was it French? Lar- largesse. Largesse. Um, that means a uh, large the, chest. You bring me back to my days of being a snob, and um, which I try to get away from these days. I oh god, I think I think. And this is this is all being recorded, so I don't want to cause too much dead air while I was that English. Is that an English word? It's not. No, I believe it's French. I think I think that largesse means the the like uh, the, the oh god, I don't even know what the hell the definition what the heck the definition would be because this is an all ages show. Um, <laughs> but I think it is it's that you have you have the uh, the freedom the disposable the income. Amount, the yeah, sure, disposable income is what I meant, honestly. Okay. Um, uppity, yeah, with this uppity I may have been words. using that word wrong, but as Steve Martin once said, um, the, you know, you should pay attention to the interesting word use mensai structure because um, the 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 fact that I'm a writer gives me the license to make up my own my own words and my own word definitions. And you see that that's that's the cool thing about being a writer. Are you a honestly s- is that is that you can you can really uh, come up with your own words and your own way to use them in a sentence and your own Trumbo fish paradise. You, you know, you just made Brad's day. He lit up. Yeah, I'm. I'm a huge okay. Steve Martin fan, especially the old stand-up comedian Steve Martin. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Well, it's better than the bringing down yeah. the house, Steve Martin. Where you what is wrong of- with the bringing down and and the uh, twelves a crowd or uh, <laughs> what's, what's the name uh, of that? Was that Steve Martin with the dozen kids? Ashley, what's that? Cheaper by the dozen. Cheaper My by the dozen. Year old daughters in the studio with us, and, <laughs> and uh, she uh, it's. Cheaper by the dozen. Yeah. Hey, let's face it. Some people have a way with words. Uh, other people uh, not have way. I not guess. Have way, you know. Not not have way. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So going going back to uh, Speed Racer uh, number one from, which, from IDW from IDW um, Chronicles of the Racer Chronicles of the Racer. Great book. Great Why writing. We, we just lost him. Let me oh, just no. Let's, let's pause. Let you can call him back? Yeah, I'll just call him right back. Was that because of a uh a No, it just says call dropped. Okay. I think it's We're calling him. Okay. So while we do that, Ashley, tell us what you thought of Cheaper by the Dozen. 
What you think? Wasn't that just a, the probably the fourth greatest movie ever made in the history of cinema? Would you agree? Yeah, she's giving me a closed mouth and just kind of go away, go away. We got so um, coming okay. Back. Do you think he's gonna be mad? No, he's Hello? gonna be so mad. Hey, sorry about that. That's Skype for you. Uh, I just think it said call dropped. So are you on a home phone? I am. Do you want yeah. to call me back on my cell? No, sir. We'll we'll stay here. Yeah, um, no, we're actually we're still recording. We are still yeah, going. We baby. just kept going. And called I did you back. That, what was the last thing you heard me say? Oh, well, Frank was saying something about um uh, about IDW. IDW. Uh, no, you said speed. Now back to Speed Racer. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Chronicles I, all, of the I, Racer. all I heard was um, some people know have words or not have. Yeah, not have way. way. I heard you say not have way. And then Frank Frank went into okay. Let's talk about the comic. So yeah, I, I'm oh, the one that always gets any of that. I, I'm the guy who always gets us back on track. That's yeah. always that's like Brad's the heart and I'm the organizer of the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. But um, so okay, Speed Racer, Speed Racer from IDW Chronicles, Chronicles of the, of the Racer. Racer. Um, <laughs> this this is an all ages book and it's great. I love it. Yeah, the writing you. is good. The artwork is beautiful. But IDW made a little mistake on this. And let me tell you what okay. it is. And I know you have no control over this. But in issue one, there is a preview mm-hmm. for something called Lock and Key. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's a very scary couple pages for that preview. And I oh, I yeah. just and I, I think that's a bad choice to put in this book. <laughs> I know you have <laughs> no control over Ari, but I was reading it and I was going you know, this is really nice. This is fun. Oh, here's some stuff coming up from IDW. Ooh, look at these scary guys with low foreheads. And, ooh, there's a pickup truck with uh, dead bodies in the back. Dead bodies in the back. And I was just like, Well, oh. first, okay, let me explain that. First of all, okay. what you don't know is that Lock and Key is about two fuzzy teddy bears called Lock and Key who discover the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and the guy in the back is not dead. He's only sleeping. Oh, He's so- sleeping and dreaming of ice cream castles. <laughs> And somebody spilled. And drop mountains. Somebody spilled uh, strawberry jam on him. <laughs> oh, well, you know there's what? a stack of strawberry pancakes waiting in that lonely shed where oh. they're all going to go in. And you think that they're going to murder the poor lady, but they're not. She's going to serve them pancakes. Oh, that's nice. That See? changes everything. Now, I just gave away. I mean, that's a spoiler alert. I just gave away <laughs> the big twist. But you see, you think that because it's it's Stephen King's son, because Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, you <gasps> really? think that it's going to be this big murder thing. But it's mm-hmm. it's not. It's just a fuzzy teddy bear <laughs> Christmas. Oh, the joy of it's about literacy, y'all. It's about literacy, as, as Britney Spears would probably say. No. It's about y'all. literacy, y'all. Um, and that's and that's not not a knock against lock and key. I don't know anything about it other than I just thought that was a, that was a weird choice of pages putting it back. But anyway, let's. Well, talk I don't know. You know. You know. What's funny is I I didn't even think of that. I had thought honestly. I was just kind of like, hey, cool. It's nice to be lumped in the same sentence and you know with Joe Hill at all. You know what I mean? It's I can like, understand that yeah, totally. Like, yeah, heck like, yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I guess from the writer perspective, to totally see that. But, yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay, well, let's talk about this project, about Speed yeah, Racer, sure. Chronicles of the Racer. So, were yeah. you approached by IDW? Yeah, well, that, okay, uh, sort of. Not not exactly. This is what happened. I was at, Com- I was at Comic-Con in San Diego last year, and um, I was signing copies of my then-recent book, uh, Masters of the Comic Book Universe Revealed, which is also in bookstores now. Oh. And... Um, 
I, you know, it's a book where I'd interviewed people like Neil Gaiman and Stan Lee and uh, Jerry Robinson and Trina Robbins and Marjan Satrapi and no, no one big. Anyway, <laughs> and um, I had uh, approached a couple of different people because I was starting to get some comic book work. I had done, I had written a couple of Ben 10 stories for Cartoon Network Action Pack, which is one of the DC's Johnny DC titles. And um, I was talking to Chris Ryle uh, at IDW because I, I'd, I'd really admired a lot of what IDW did, and I really wanted to work with them. And I was thinking of pitching them a graphic novel, but they weren't taking graphic novel pitches at the time. But Chris um, was kind enough to say, well, you know, I noticed that you do a lot of children's comics, you know, because I, I, I told him about the Ben 10 stuff, and I had shown him some of my mad work. And, um, you know, and I was drawing cartoons for Nickelodeon Magazine, too. And... Um, I was just coming off this, this children's comic that I had done for this Jewish magazine. The children's comic was called Dave Danger Action Kid, which was sort of like a circumcised, um, oh, God, uh, what would you call it? Um, Dave Danger Action Kid. God, it was it was like Jimmy Neutron, okay. but Jewish, you know. <laughs> it's like weird little Bible stories in, inserted in there. It was really odd, and you can actually find it online. Um and through my website, and it was, it was like I tried to put like as many like jetpacks and giant robots and things like that in there, <laughs> um, and a weird golem robot, like this weird cyber golem, is in one episode. Really? And it's, it's, it's very yeah, it's very influenced by like early Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Spider Man stuff. Like I tried to include as much imagery. Like the last issue, which we last episode, which me, me and my my collaborator Leela Corman, who, who drew every issue, um, we did not know that that was going to be the final issue. But it was the Dave Dave Danger and his and his best friend and um, sort of potential crush Kathy, which we, we never really got into the, the budding romance there because they're eleven, but. Um, they uh, they they journey to this planet Rhythmia, where all the Rhythmians are shaped like musical instruments, and it's so HR Puffin stuff. It's so much like a Sid and Marty Croft show from the seventies. You, you're, you're describing a, a Jewish sci-fi, pretty much, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wanted to make it as undidactic as I could, which is tough because you do have to put like the little, you know, you do have to put the Bible stories in there because it is for a Jewish magazine. You do want it to, you know, and that's who the client is, and, and I was happy to do it, but um. But, you know, I also wanted as much, like, weird sci-fi stuff to be in there as possible, and I definitely totally in the stage directions, you know, to try and make it look very Sid and Marty Croft, and boy, did she ever. And wow. it was, it's probably my favorite, my favorite installment is, like, the final one where they go to Rhythmia. But, um, and actually, Leela and I had planned to do, like, we wanted to just, after the series got put on hiatus, um, we wanted to just take it to some very adult indie anthology title and just do like a wrap-up episode right. which is sort of like sort of like what marvel did with their final fantastic four story where we took these characters on one final mission and maybe even killed them off but we we, we just haven't had time to do that really mm, gotcha um uh, but but anyway back back to speed racer so chris said you know do you want to do this are you interested in maybe writing speed racer and i said sure and so after comic-con he called me and Asked if I had any ideas for pitches, and I had written a long list of pitches, and one of the last ones on the list was Speed Racer Chronicles of the Racer, where I turned him into a legacy character, basically, and he, um, and, and I just, and I reveal that, uh, Speed is the last in a long line of racers that have been around throughout history, 
um, always out racing evil. And that was actually the first one that I actually pitched to Chris because it was my favorite on the list of pitches that I'd written. And um, what what were some of the other pitches? Can you share them with us? I don't even remember right now because honestly, it's been so long. I'd Mm -hmm. have to go back and find one of them. Was actually this where they're making a speed racer movie. And Speed is, is 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 supposed to be a consultant on the movie of his life, wow. and um, and there's like a murder mystery happening at the studio, and that was one of the ones that I have been prepared to pitch, but I didn't even get around to it. Um, that's the only one I remember, honestly. I don't, okay, just just kind of curious. Yeah, sure. There are others, and there's certainly there are others. I, there's certainly definite ideas that I have for a follow-up mini if I get to do one, but. Um, but Chris just loved it, and so did the Speed Racer Enterprises uh, folks. And um, they were just great. And i got to say, you know, Chris Ryle has just been the easiest person to work with and just incredibly supportive. And um, so I, I, it, was, it was just very smooth sailing from there on in. Okay. And I, I just got to do a lot of really fun stuff, you know, because within that framework of turning speed into a... Um, you know, into the last line of this this long list of racers, and having him having racer be sort of like a mantle, you know, um, like like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like how Slayer's a mantle, and how um, like in Green Lantern Corps or Marvel's Immortal Iron Fist, and being a title sort of like that, or like Lee Falk's Phantom comic strip, you know, um, it just really opens it up to lots and lots of other stories, and other types of stories. I really like, like the idea of the uh, the legacy aspect yeah um, that that puts a great spin on it it's one of the one of the things i enjoy most about the dc universe is the whole legacy uh of the heroes you know one takes yeah. over after another and i i would never have have even thought that speed racer could uh, could apply to that situation but you you made it apply i mean it works great i like it a lot i, th- I think it's cool that there's always been a racer x to match the speed racer you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thanks. Well, that's that's one of the things that, I mean, it really keys into a lot of stuff that I've always been obsessed with ever since I started out as a playwright, uh, which, you know, I studied playwriting at NYU, um, and I, a lot of my plays were very comic book influenced, and a lot of them were very, like, these weird, wacky sci-fi comedies. Um, like, th- there's one called Raisin Physics, which is about this neurotic Manhattan cartoonist who um, starts seeing this little green man from Mars, and... Um, he, he has a fear of commitment, and he doesn't know whether the little green man from Mars is uh, just, just a symptom of his fear of commitment or whether it's real. It's very Twilight Zone-ish. And it's called Raisin... Um, what is it called? Raisin fix, Physics? Raisin Physics, yeah. Okay. Um, and the, the, the title is explained within the play. Okay. And, um, there's there's this, this other one called Spooks, which is about this group of... It's basically about the Illuminati. I mean, they, they kind of say point blank that it's about the Illuminati. And it's about this this group... Uh, who's who's been around from from millennia from behind the scenes? They've been take they've been controlling world events, and they're dying off. And so they're trying to find their successor. And they're holed up in the board of ed in Brooklyn, New York. And they're trying to monitor all the school children in New York City and try and find one that 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 they pick that'll be their successor. Hmm. And um, because it's this large teeming metropolis with all these all these children, and they, they figured that that's like one of their best bets. And there are all these other major cities that they've been monitoring, but a lot of the Illuminati members have been killed off. And my point in mentioning that is that I've always had this fascination with immortal characters and characters who've been just 
been reinventing themselves throughout history, and that that's that's definitely what the villain is in in this Speed Racer mini. I mean, I'm, I'm giving too much away, but um, <laughs> well, well, let, 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 let's focus a little bit on the mini. How many issues do you want uh, are are expected to come out in the series? Oh, just four. It's okay. a four issue mini. Because as um, as of right now, as we're recording, yeah. uh, two just came out. There's a preview mm-hmm. for three, which it looks like it, there's going to be some pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four year three is a pirate story. <laughs> but two, um, two is um, two is medieval England. One is uh, ancient Rome. Two is medieval England. Three is what they actually call the golden age of piracy, um, which is I believe the 1600s, and um, you know it's the time period that the Pirates of the Caribbean movies take place. And then uh, and number four is the Old West, and it's actually nice. it's funny because with a lot of them I get to kind of parody not only movie genres but also comic book genres that, that that are just underused these days like westerns which used to be a big big subgenre in comics and oh yeah you know even there used to be gladiator comics and pirate comics one of will eisner's first comics was a pirate comic called hawks of the sea and um you know they, they just don't do pirate comics anymore and so i wanted to write one you know but but it also, like you said, it's just a lot of these things are mirroring each other. A lot of the same things are happening from generation to generation. There's always a racer X, and he always has a different relationship to the racer of every era. And there's always a Trixie in every era, and she always has a different relationship to, to the racer in every era. And Chim Chim is always a different animal. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun, Thanks. making him a different animal. You know, um, yeah. just, just opening up issue one, one of my favorite yeah. little moments is, you know, we start off in, um, I don't know if it's India or or if, if these are Native Americans, but... but um, oh, no, it's Nubia. It's Nubia. It's Nubia. Okay. Oh, yeah, it says right there, it's a Nubia. And they're running, and it's just a very small segment, but when you turn the page, you get this, this splash page of a race uh-huh. and, and speed is winning, and I love the way you did this. You incorporated the song into the dialogue uh-huh. of the guy doing the announcements. He goes, yeah, thanks. here he comes. Here comes Speed Racer. He's a demon on wheels. And I read that, and I was like, oh, yeah, man. I noticed, I noticed the very same thing. <laughs> I was reading it, uh, and I started giggling to myself, and Ashley, my daughter, was like, what are you laughing at? And so, yeah, that's exactly – I noticed that. I thought that was very cool. That was. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Did you watch it when you were a kid? I, well, of course I watched it when I was a kid. I was obsessed with it, but here's the thing. When I was trying to figure out, when Chris said, do you want to pitch ideas for Speed Racer, I was trying to figure out what I would do with the Speed Racer universe. Like, what hasn't been done with the Speed Racer world? And um, I was thinking, you know, I, I watched tons and tons of episodes. I got, like, every DVD. And I was watching them because I was thinking, okay, I want to screw this up. I want to get this right because I know that there's a huge, rabid fan base the movie coming out and everything, and I don't want to do something that's gonna, you know, that that's that's gonna just piss people off. And so, can I say that? Yes, yes, yes you may. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. Um, no, I know you guys are pretty, you know, G-rated. So, um, and and so I thought, well, what hasn't been done with the Speed Racer universe? And I thought, well, quite a lot, because honestly, and this is nothing against the people that originally created the TV show, but the thing about the TV show is, it was originally an animated series from Japan, and a really brilliant guy named Peter Fernandez um, did a, you know, did the American version in the late 60s, and what he did was he re-edited it for American audiences and redid the dialogue in English, but to read, you know, to redo all that, 
he had to shift the focus. You know, it was originally more about the car than it was about Speed, whose name was, I believe, Go Mifun in, um, in, the, in the original uh, Japanese yeah, yeah. show. And, and so he had to, you know, change, change around a lot of the plot lines and a lot of the names and everything and do that in a very sneaky and crafty way and so that it would make sense to American audiences. But to do that, you know, you have to kind of be very thin on character development. And um, he, he was very kind of boxed in. He had to write those English dialogue scripts in like three days each. Wow. You know? And, yeah, it's crazy. And um, so, well, I wasn't under any such similar constraints, but I was thinking, well, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to sustain one issue, let alone four, with the level of character development there is in the show. So even though I'm writing it in the world of the show, I kind of had to sort of change the characters a little bit just to make them more multifaceted. So sure. for Speed, he has much more of an arc, and he has a little bit of a dark side once he learns that he's the racer. Not like a dark side where he's like Wolverine, he's slashing people up, but like a dark side where he kind of becomes a little bit of a jerk to Trixie. And yeah, in fact, that's, that's very evident in the first issue. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he definitely apologizes and makes up for that by the fourth issue, but, um, but that's, that's part of his arc, is sort of grappling with this. Because you, if you or I learned that we were part of some, some weird you know, line of heroes that stretches back throughout the course of human civilization, we'd, we'd kind of be freaked out by it. it was kind of, <laughs> it's really hard to wrap your brain around that, you know? And so, whereas it's not like Watchmen or anything, I still wanted to go... I still wanted to actually have him psychologically deal with it and sort of have that affect what's going on and also make him a little more of a normal teenager and have his relationship with Trixie and with his parents be more like 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 a normal teenager. And so in a way, I kind of like had to Peter Parkerize him, you know, and, and kind of like oh, nice. make him... Hmm? I mean, I mean uh, that, that that's a great description, just giving him, I guess, everyday problems. Yeah, everyday problems, and also, you know, in, in this is much more in part two and, and the others and the other issues. But um, he's facing off against the bad guys. You know, he's sort of quipping. He's sort of like making fun of the situation. He's he's just more relatable. You know, um, the way I've written him because I, I kind of felt like he has to be. You know, and Trixie is more like a real girl. I mean, Trixie, honestly, ironically enough, because the show from the '60s. Um, she's probably the most well-developed character on the TV show. You know, she's she's like got a helicopter and she's kind of <laughs> cool and you know and and I I wasn't able to work her helicopter into the mini uh, unfortunately. <laughs> maybe you can do that in the next I one. Do, yeah, maybe in the next one. You know, hopefully there will be a next one. Well, in, I in, certainly got it. In, hmm? in in part two or or in issue two, um, uh, Speed ends up with a little helicopter and he rescues Trixie. So I kind of figured that was kind of the helicopter part am i mistaken um it wasn't on purpose mm. it was just that um well, i needed needed a way for him to fly or for the <laughs> suit to fly but i uh, no because honestly my part two is sort of like i mean it's weird um that in a way stan lee was a big big influence in a lot of the stuff that happens in this mini but uh part two is in a way my homage to like a lot of the stan lee and jack kirby and don heck early iron mans um because not to give too much away, but um, Speed has, oh, I'm sorry, the medieval racer, Sprint Rackham, has a, uh, a suit, uh, a kind of a super armor suit, um, which is sort of like Iron Man's suit. Yeah. And it can do almost anything. And after he discovers this amulet um, called the Calibor amulet, 
um, he plugs it into the suit and it can do even more. And these propellers can spring out of it and you know and sort of make him fly. And um, so part of that is that I wanted the amulet to have a because di- the amulet's like the ultimate MacGuffin. For those who haven't read part one, he discovers that there's this thing called the amulet of the racer that's also been passed down from racer to racer. He's got one half of the amulet and the villain's got the other half. Right. And um, it, it's split in half in, in, in the ancient Rome story in issue one. And so in issues two through four, the amulet has a different function. In part two, it serves as basically, I mean, it's very, very much implied that Sprint Rackham was the inspiration for King Arthur and that this this Murden figure, the, wi- the wizard, was oh. the inspiration for Merlin, and the Calibor amulet was the inspiration for Excalibur. Because I definitely wanted to do a riff on the Arthurian legend, which is uh, another big, big obsession of mine. And, you know, I wanted this series to be really like the ultimate all-ages comic, the ultimate children's comic, and have a lot of the same magic that's, that, that a lot of the classic children's fantasy uh, series like like Lord of the Rings and Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz had, and I thought, how can I do that? And a way to do that is really to work in things like the Arthurian legend and, you know, in, in issue one, have, like, sort of the, the legend of Mercury and have, it, have this this kind of, like, timeless, um, almost fairy tale quality to it, you know, and, and, and it just seems to work. So in part two, the account... The, the amulet is, is sort of like Excalibur, and in part three, I'm not really giving too much away, but it's part of like a pirate treasure. Okay. And in part four, in part four, it's like a Native American talisman. Okay. So um, it, it works itself into the story in a very organic way. I like well, the way that uh, the racer's mode of transportation, no matter what point in history he's in, has gadgets, yeah. has yeah. things it does. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. Mach 5 always had those five buttons. Or yeah. the, I'm looking at the chariot, and the chariot, you know, it's shooting razor saw blades out. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, It's yeah. got the extendo legs and stuff like that. I think it's, yeah, it's very cool. Well, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, oh, go ahead, Ari. Mm-hmm. No, I'm obviously cheating. I mean, obviously, in ancient Rome, there wasn't the technology <laughs> to have a chariot, a pimped-out chariot that could, <laughs> you know, they could have saw blades coming out of it. Um, but... Um, I do that in much the same way that TV shows like Wild Wild West or Briscoe County Jr. shows like that would do. You know, even Flintstones when it comes right down to it. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, all because, superhero. I mean, Batman does it. You know, Batman has these incredible gadgets that you know, sure. no real world that can't exist in the real world. But we accept them because it just makes the story more interesting. It makes it fun. I mean, it's your that, imagination. Actually, just go out. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's, thank you, that's actually one of my big inspirations for it, was that I was thinking, well, you know, in doing research for Speed Racer, I found out that James Bond was a big influence to the, the Japanese creator of the original Speed Racer manga, and, you know, that, that's, that's where, that's partially where the Mach 5 comes from, you know, the, the Aston Martin. And, I mean, the Aston Martin, no car can really do all the things that, that James Bond's car could do. And similarly, no car can really do all the things that, that the Mach 5 can do. So mm. why not extrapolate that and have the Marcus 5, you know, the chariot, <laughs> do things that no real chariot can do? I mean, that's, it's fun. I wanted it to have that kind of cool factor, really, that like a lot of great children's entertainment has, where a kid can read it. And, you know, I mean, every kid, I think, wants to be like a pirate or a cowboy or a princess totally. or a warrior woman or something like that, and, or a knight. And so all these archetypes are layered throughout Speed Racer. 
uh, Chronicles of the Racer Mini, you know, because I really wanted it to be something that kids can kind of, like, not only identify with, but sort of fantasize about being these characters, you know, and that that would give it that kind of cool factor that things like Alice in Wonderland or Time Bandits have. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, with this right. book. Well, we we do need to wrap up, Ari. I want you to uh, to tell what's your website. Oh, sure. It's uh, AriKaplan dot com, and I have to explain that my name is spelled kind of weirdly. If any, you know, most Aries because it's a Hebrew name, most Aries are A R I. I'm A R I E, so it's A R I E K A P L A N dot com. And I also have a MySpace page, which is MySpace dot com slash Ari Kaplan. Um, so there, there's always a lot of info on Speed Racer and Mad and various other comics and animation and other projects that I have going on. Yeah, uh, in fact, some of your caricatures are up there, and it's a fun website. Yeah. I would recommend everyone to go check it out. And, uh, Ari, we, uh, we have show notes with each of these episodes, so it'll be in our show notes, both of those websites. Thank you very much, guys. Okay. Hey, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll, we'll catch up with you later, okay? Definitely. All right, Ari, take care. Thank you, Ari. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was Ari Kaplan. He he is into this. You can totally oh, yeah. tell. He's he's fascinating to listen to. Yeah, he he really is, and he's funny. Yes, he's he funny. is hilarious. Well, okay, let's wrap this up, Brad. Okay. Um, for you guys out there, thank you for listening. This is a half hour wasted. You can reach us at the Comic Forums. Yahoo. I'm sorry, the Comic. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Pause, pause the music. Okay. What, what was that all about? I what don't happened? know. <laughs> you had a brain I, fart. A little bit, yeah. A little. So let's close it. You can reach us at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. You can reach us at the comic forums. Dot com. Dot com. And uh, they can give us a call, can't they? They can call our voicemail. Yeah. And what is that, Brad? Here's my, uh, my Ashley impression. 614-715. Just kidding. 641-715-3900, extension number 775-0064-POUND. Brad, you really need to work on that. Okay, I have, to, anything like your I have to uh, give my daughter a hard time. Okay. Those aren't O's, they're zeros. <laughs> no, it's not. There's not an O on Okay, the, while on they're the arguing, we're going to... Okay, guys, we'll, we'll see 641-715-3900. You could say 3900. 3900. Okay. Extension seven seven five zero zero six four pound. Pound. Okay. And we'll catch you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Thanks to Limp Biscuit. Thank you, Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. <laughs>